Well, we'll just have to make this all not worthwhile for Mr. Runyon. What have you got on a distinguished gentleman from Illinois? Some pretty good stuff, actually. Um, yeah. SEC investigation, 1985. You got stocks? I want something embarrassing! Something sexual! Little boys, midgets, that sort of thing. Cows, I don't give a damn. Is, it, is there another scene from a movie that's more pertinent than that scene from the movie The Contender? You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, give me something sexual. Let's, you know, there's no holds barred in this uh, presidential election. They'll come up with anything. There's no limit that someone will go. I can imagine the presidency must really pay a lot of money. A lot more money than we think the 400000 plus all your expenses and the airplane and all that stuff. Because somehow the... Somehow the uh, the Clintons came out of the White House 16 years ago, and uh, even without being the president, just being a former president and a secretary of state and a senator, um, they're worth $100 million now 16 years later, but they didn't start a business. Oh, yeah, it was a nonprofit. I don't exactly know how that happened. We're going to talk about everything that's going on this week, and I'm sure you guys are all got your heads spinning like... Kind of like I do, um, but we're going to try and make some sense of it. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley with, in, with offices all over Southern California to service all of California and all of Arizona as well. If you're interested in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code... 855-640-2020. I'm getting tongue-tied here. Now, here's the legal part. Wholesale Capital is equal housing lender, licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to call me on the phone and have to hear these legal uh, these legal uh, uh, disclaimers, go to WCCLoans.com. We have all kinds of mortgage information. You'll find my direct contact information as well as a full list of our locations. And if there's any part of the show you want repeated... You want to hear this replayed, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on Listen to the Main Event, or you can uh, or you can uh, go to iTunes, listen to it on podcasts, where you can go on and subscribe for free and have it download to your iPad, your iPod, your iPhone, your iWatch, your computer, your Droid, whatever uh, device you use, and it'll, uh, you can listen to it day or night, anytime you want, whenever it's convenient, convenient for you. Follow me on Twitter, at edhoffman where I tweet about current, current events all week long and uh, like the show on Facebook. Facebook.com, the main event, Ed Hoffman. I'm taking a break from my weekly opinion columns while we get ready to launch my new blog on edhoffman.net. So in the meantime, collect, make sure you connect with me on social media. Now that I'm all tongue-tied from all this new regulatory stuff, I have to say, let's, get to, let's, let's start having some fun and talk about what's going on in this, uh, in this country this week. And uh, first, uh, as always, Quite often, I have Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, sitting with me in the studio. 
Scotty? Ed, great to be kicking it in the house with you once again. Welcome back to the uh, to the land of chaos. <laughs> no kidding. Trying to trying to make some sense of all this stuff. Yep. Can you believe what happened in just one short week? Uh, it seems like an eternity, actually. And it, it seems like, like, was it last Saturday? I'm in my bike shop and I'm at work and I keep getting these texts and phone calls from actually uh, Democrat friends of mine that are kind of like shoving this stuff in my face. And I don't know if I'd really seen everything that Trump's uh, apparently said. Um, I'm also getting texts from Trump supporters telling me, hey, dude, it's pretty much over. And I remember just kind of getting into this sort of a funk. You know that feeling, Ed? Oh, I absolutely do. You do? Okay. It's like a combination of depression and uh, and anger, I think. And I was in the funk, I think, throughout the rest of Saturday and, and going into Sunday. And even I told my wife, you know, I'm not in a really good place right now. So I rode my bicycle, and that's kind of how I clear my the funk out, you know? And what I came... I drink. Do you? Okay. Well, whatever works, Ed. Whatever works. But what I came back with after my bike ride is that, you know what? Everybody has character flaws. You know, everybody does. And I think about myself, even some of the stunts and pranks that I pulled off in high school should have probably landed me in jail. Um, and I, let alone some of the things I've said. I wonder I wonder how I how I'm alive today. Some of the things I did in high school. Well, pretty much. And if that was all paraded on a big screen for all the world to see, I'm sure it would be rather embarrassing. But I think, you know, we have to look at since everybody has character flaws, we have to look and it's our, our choice as voters to look at those character flaws and say, OK, does this preclude this person from being the president of the United States? In Donald Trump case, I come back with no. In Hillary Clinton's case, I come back with yes. Yeah, because the things that she's done is far worse than, than I don't know, being a guy. You know what? Uh, I don't know if I don't know how much. I it's impossible for this stuff to the some of the stuff we're hearing to be true because and we'll talk about that as we go through our outline of what we're going to talk about today. But it's just impossible for this much stuff to be going on and nobody said anything until three weeks before the election. I do suspect the timing just a little bit, Ed, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's, if you see the movie Hillary's America, which came out on DVD this week, I bought 50 copies that I'll be passing out to my employees and saying, watch this, watch it twice and hand it and then hand it over to someone who, uh, who hasn't seen it and get this thing around because in 28 days we could get 1400 people to see it. 50 copies of it um so it's just it's just a it's it's not unexpected that's for sure i mean this is what the media does um and and if nothing else some of the wikileaks that we we uh, are going to talk about a little later on what it shows is the collusion that's happening between the democrat party and the government and the media i mean it's so incestuous it's like ridiculous and this is what donald trump's up against I even think about I even think about some of the people we like. Megan Kelly. I'm waiting for her to to endorse Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Glenn Beck almost did. Right, right. And they had to come out the next day and say, oh, I didn't. And then even even some of the guys on this station. Right. No, I agree. And, we're, and you know, we're, again, we're talking about like Hugh Hewitt on Saturday uh, mentioned that Donald Trump should step down. And this is even before the debate. And I'm thinking, you know what? Why don't you at least wait till the debate before you ask Donald Trump to step down? Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee. Again, these are people we like, we respect. Uh, he's talking about how Trump should step down. He says we have time to select another candidate. And I come back to, okay, who? 
but because look, I'm not I'm not a professional radio talk show host, and neither is Ed. Uh, we're business people, and when you're in business, you have to make plans. You you have to be strategic, and and you have to implement those plans. And whether those plans are successful or not determines whether you stay in business or not. But I'm looking at these people that are calling for Donald Trump to step down, and I'm like, okay, fine. If you have a plan, Ben Shapiro, if you have a plan, Mike Lee, Paul Ryan, if you have a plan that's going to take back the White House, that's going to replace, fix Obamacare, which by the way is imploding on its own. If you have a plan to secure our border, if you have a plan to reduce the deficit, if you have a plan to stop tens of thousands of Muslim refugees from coming to this country, I'm all ears. But there's no plan, Ed. There's no plan. All we all we want to hear about is uh, you know who who Donald Trump flirted with or tried to kiss or grab their butts right. or it's a or- distraction. It's a colossal distraction. Um, and once and just like what happened four years ago with the with Benghazi. Hey, let's just tell a story. It's a lie, but the election will happen and it's over. And four years and we and we're stuck for four years. And that's otherwise. If if they had told the truth about Benghazi, I guess the uh, the tale of uh, you know uh, the Al Qaeda and ISIS, we've got them on the run. We're we're taking over uh, terrorism, and you know we're really getting better. Sorry, it's not happening. Well, the, the difficulty is for any, and I mean for any Republican candidate, is that the left controls 95% of the media, colleges and universities, and Hollywood. The, and that's for free, by the way. They don't even have to have any money for that. So the point is they're starting out with a 10-point advantage right out of the gate. This is a tremendous obstacle for any Republican to overcome. Um, and uh, and we'll see. We'll see if the, the American people buy it or not. I saw a tweet uh, this morning mm. that... Uh, I saw a tweet I liked that said, yeah, this here's a guy who's a billionaire, has hundreds of beautiful women around him, and now, uh, and for the last 30 years, and now people are finally coming out and saying something in October of 2016. Yeah, right. And uh, and I'm sorry, I went on, hey, this guy, I like that tweet. I'm going to go see what else this guy does. And and you start seeing people's comments of this, and one, one guy comment said, hey, if Hillary Clinton wins, there's going to be, there's going to be a... Uh, a, a civil war in this country. Well, I've never heard those comments as well. And I'll admit, I'll admit it. Those thoughts went through my mind on Saturday. You know what I mean? Um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I, I had those thoughts. I had those feelings mm. and uh, I still do. I yeah. still do. So, but let's, let's talk about, let's go through the chrono lot, the chronology of how things unfolded this week. As everyone knows by now, the 2005 audio uh, of Donald Trump speaking disrespectfully about a woman who took over the news cycle for the past week. Past week, <clears throat> being a deplorable myself, I even said, "Hey, I'm going to go home and grab my wife and not even ask her if it's okay to kiss her. I'm going to grab her by her uh, and then I'm going to give her a kiss because it's the kind of guy I am. I'm a deplorable." Um, but I don't want to play the tape anymore because I think everyone's heard it plenty of times, and I and it and it enrages me that. Megan Kelly keeps playing it over and over and over. <clears throat> I think she's a shill for the Democratic Party, too. I wonder what Hillary paid her. You know, I think the, the funny thing is that this was Saturday before I'd even really heard the thing. But then when I heard it later with my wife, she's like, you know, it's really not that bad. I mean, really, you know, I, know. I mean, to where it would disqualify somebody from holding the office. I discuss it with Dawn and she goes, you know what? The only thing worse than what guys talk about when when it's just guys talking to guys is what women talk about when it's. Just women. They're, all, they're the only thing grosser than guys. We can only guess, Ed. <laughs> <clears throat> I've heard some of it, but All right. 
but I've only heard it secondhand because they wouldn't talk about it while I'm in the room. Hmm. So I don't want to play that anymore. But uh, leading up to but leading up to the second debate, it was all the pundits would talk about, including the few who support Trump. Here's the media commentators on both sides condemning Trump. I honestly feel like there's a pretty good chance we don't know who the Republican candidate is for president by the I, end of this I, weekend. Will this kill his campaign? Uh, you know, uh, I, I think this this could be it. Nobody's going to defend this. You can't defend. It is wrong. It is inappropriate. It is outrageous. Wait a sec. I'm talking about hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. And now, in 2016, Republicans are making the argument, some Republicans are making the argument, that it's okay to put a sexual predator back in the White House. So the Trump campaign had a good defense strategy. Invite to the debate three women who had been accused, who had accused Bill Clinton of sexual assault. One woman who was 12 years old when Hillary Clinton represented her rapist in court. So when Hillary Clinton was a public defender right out of law school, she defended a this guy who raped this 12-year-old girl. And then laughed about getting him off, getting him acquitted here, talking about how, you know, hey, he passed a lie detector. <laughs> that sure uh, destroys my faith in, in polygraphs. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, the audio is not good enough without having sub subtitles, so we won't play it on there. But uh, here's here's uh, Juanita Broderick, and who uh, who actually accused him of rape, uh, Bill Clinton of rape, and actually they paid her off. She's the one that got an eight hundred fifty thousand dollars settlement. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And then Kathy uh, Kathy Shelter Shelton, who is the who actually is, I'm sorry, was it Paula Paula jo- Paula Jones got the money? I thought it was Juanita Broderick. I'm losing track. I don't know Paula Jones. Paula Juanita Jones, Bro- I think got the got the settlement. Well, what happened with Juanita Broderick? She actually accused him of rape. Uh, I forget. Well, but here's 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 two of them talking. Mr. Trump may have said some bad words, but Bill Clinton raped me, and Hillary Clinton threatened me. I don't think there's any comparison. At 12 years old, Hillary put me through uh, something that you've never put a 12-year-old through. Um, and she says she's for women and children. And she was asked last year on what happened, and she says she's supposed to defend whether they did it or not. And she's laughing on tape, saying she never did it. Sean Hannity had uh, Juanita Broderick and uh, Kathy Shelton both on on his show on uh, Thursday night. And their stories are chilling. I'm not going to play them here because I won't be able to play 30 seconds of it without playing an hour of it. Um, but their stories are chilling. I'm sure it's on YouTube. And watching them, there's no question about the stories and how Juanita Broderick talked about how Hillary Clinton came up and introduced herself to to her before she apparently knew anything except for she knew. And she said, oh, very nice, and oh, we love you. And then when she started saying, hey, you started to walk away, she grabbed her and pulled her in close and said, you know what your actions do. And she says she lowered her voice and just spoke to her right in her face. And it's chilling. It's chilling to hear this this creature that is looking could likely be our president. This creature, this this is not a human. Um, of course, CNN decided the only way to respond to this was accuse Trump of using these women. Here's CNN's Dana Bash and Gloria Borger spinning it that way. 
Let's be clear on what this just was. This was a political stunt, kind of of the nth degree. And it is vintage Donald Trump in that he is a master of the media. He understands the media and he understands moments and how to make moments. That's what this is about. He wanted us to be talking and everybody to be talking about these women and about Bill Clinton and not about him and what he has said about women. I do not believe that sexual assault should be turned into a sideshow. And I think what we saw tonight, how, how an hour and a half before the debate, was timed to rattle Hillary Clinton, to get into her head, and this was a political stunt. And to use these women this way. Does anybody remember the, uh, what was the family, the Gold Star family that happened to be... Con. Con, the Con yeah. family. Oh, a political stunt. She just brought on, brought on it. Like there was like eight Muslim people that got killed in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. Out of all the all the casualties, what do we have? Forty five hundred guys die in mm-hmm. those in those. Uh, and there's like eight of them that are Muslim. And she just happened to have this one guy who apparently is associated with the Clinton Foundation, and to bring him on. That wasn't a political stunt? No, well, and, and, and let me clarify that too, by the way. It's okay, or, or it's not okay, uh, to use sex for a political stunt unless it's against Donald Trump, exactly. and then it's okay. Exactly. We can't bring up Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton did what he did in the White House, and we're going right. to let him back in? And again, we're also talking at this point about accusations and things people said as opposed to stuff that people did. Um, and also Hillary's role in covering that stuff up, which is disgusting. And the and the the media's role in helping her. It's all one big happy family, Ed. Yep. Uh, it's not going to be. Ha- hey, remember, hmm. remember what we're voting for on November eighth is not about Hillary Clinton and it's not about Donald Trump. It's about America and it's about your kids, because we're going to survive. We're going to survive it. It's what's this country going to be. Four years from now, eight years from now, 20 years from now, when we're gone and our kids are are living their lives and they're in their, the fruitful areas of their lives, what's this country going to be as a result of what we do on November 8th? The debate pretty much started with Anderson Cooper asking Trump to answer for his uh, comments on the 2005. Trump uh, waited a few minutes before saying this. Look at uh, Bill Clinton. Far worse, minor words, and his was action. His was what he's done to women. There's never been anybody in the history of politics in this nation that's been so abusive to women. So you can say any way you want to say it, but Bill Clinton was abusive to women. Hillary Clinton attacked those same women and attacked them viciously. Four of them are here tonight. One of the women who is a wonderful woman at 12 years old, was raped at 12. Her client, she represented, got him off, and she's seen laughing on two separate occasions, laughing at the girl who was raped. Kathy Shelton, that young woman, is here with us tonight. So don't tell me about words. Yeah, just kind of what you just said, Scott. Bringing out the women might have been a good strategy for Trump, but it didn't end in the end... (laughs) But in the end, it didn't seem to accomplish what the campaign was going for, because here's how Hillary deflected it. Let me start by saying that so much of what he's just said is not right, but he gets to run his campaign any way he chooses. He gets to decide what he wants to talk about. Instead of answering people's questions, talking about our agenda, laying out the plans that we have that we think can make uh, a better life and a better country, that's his choice. 
When I hear something like that, I am reminded of what my friend Michelle Obama advised us all. When they go low, you go high. Yeah, they go low, we go high. So what happens when she's going low? Well, exactly. And and as we're going to play next, uh, Michelle Obama's not really that much of a friend of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, they're, uh, she keeps bringing up her good friend Michelle Obama to pander to the black voters. But they aren't really good friends, as Scott just said. Uh, let's not forget the history these two have going back to the 2008 campaign. Here's what Michelle Obama said about Hillary back then. One of the things, the important aspects of this race is role modeling what good families should look like. And my view is that if you can't run your own house, you certainly can't run the White House. Can't do it. Yeah, I, uh, I hate to I hate to use Michelle Obama as as somebody that says anything intelligent uh, <laughs> because I'm just not a fan of her and uh, or her husband. But bam, exactly. You know, and I will say one thing: uh, there were people I know that were so nervous about the debate they couldn't even watch it. Um, and, and I will admit that I'm figuring, okay, if things are as bad as everybody's telling me on Saturday, uh, going into Sunday morning, that if Trump didn't have a really solid debate, maybe it was over at that point. And I will admit Trump's first debate was, eh, I give him a seven on this one. I give Trump a nine. I thought he nailed it really well. Uh, he did. Um, he's clearly not as good at deflecting as, as Hillary is. She is a, she is a master of. I mean, she learned from her husband, and, and if you watch Hillary's America, you'll see that she knew she didn't have, she knew in college she didn't have the political clout or the charisma to get where she wanted to go, and Bill Clinton was basically a sexual, uh, a, a sex addict at that time, and she knew it, but she's overlooked it all these years because she needs him to drive her into the spotlight, which obviously has worked, and it's... She's, but she's learned a lot from him. Oh yeah, right. I mean, she's a polished a liar. There's no doubt about it. Um, and and again, I mean, and I, I certainly I want to uh, touch base on this on our part two as well. But the one thing that was kind of interesting, my sister actually Democrat, uh, former Democrat. Well, she's still a Democrat, but she's going to be voting for Trump. She came over to my house to watch the debate. She's sitting on the couch, and I'm literally watching her laugh her butt off and cheering and clapping as Trump is dismantling Hillary Clinton. And that that tells me a lot, Ed. That yep, tells uh, me a lot. I will say I will say a a, um, a Sunday night or a Sunday evening mm. debate was was a long Sunday. It was a long Sunday waiting yep. for it, <laughs> and uh, you know it's I'm I'm excited about Wednesday. Right. I'm excited and I'm apprehensive and I'm anxious. All of the above. And I'm nervous. Well, I will and- I will say this that after Sunday's debate, I got kind of energized. I got kind of pumped. I went out to a CNN Trump rally. So this is at CNN headquarters in LA. I was actually interviewed on Channel 11 on Fox 11. One of the questions they asked me was, why am I there? And my answer was, I'm here because I'm concerned about my, my country's future, my children's future. I'm, secured, I'm concerned about national security. I'm concerned about immigration. I'm concerned about our, our, our financial systems. I'm concerned about jobs. And they asked me, what do you think about the Republicans that are kind of bailing out on Trump? And I said, you know what? I think that's very unfortunate. Uh, I think that um, it's I wish we were as united as the Democrats. There's no there's no doubt about it. But I also think a lot of those Republicans that are bailing on Trump are kind of looking at the way that the political wind is blowing. And there's kind of their reality, the political reality that they live in, the little bubbles that they live in in Washington, D.C. or whatever states they reside in. 
And then there's the reality of the people, the people on the streets, the people at these rallies, um, the people that are kind of the silent majority, if you will, of this country. It's, they're worried about their jobs. Yep. They're worried about their jobs. And I started do, tweeting, putting a hashtag when I, I got on a rant last weekend after uh, Paul uh, Paul Ryan basically disin- uninvited uh, Trump to his little rally. Right. And I said, you know what? They're worried about the condition of the of the Republican Party, the GOP. And this isn't about the GOP. And I don't really care about the GOP. I care about America. And the GOP has ideas that will that'll drive America into being great again, that will drive what works. And the Democratic Party is trying to turn that. And if the Republicans can't drive those ideas forward with action, if they can't hit the execute button, then I don't really care if the Republican Party survives this. We need to start a new conservative party, a new constitution party, a new something that drives those conservative ideas forward and not worry about the party. It's not about the party. It's about our country. Right, exactly. And the other thing that, that I've heard as well is, well, they can't identify with Trump because we could lose the House and the Senate. Ed, we've had the House and the Senate. And other than preventing Obama's uh, Supreme Court nominee from even getting an eye, I can't think of anything that they've done. We haven't done anything. And we no. had opportunities to do a nope. lot. We haven't stopped Obamacare. We're not preventing tens of thousands of refugees from pouring oh, wait, into wait, this wait, country. Wait, wait. They, overturned, they overturned a veto so people can sue Saudi Arabia. Well, that's exciting. I know. I, I don't know what that's going to accomplish. It's a <laughs> symbolic thing. Yeah, I'm sure those Saudis will pay up now, Ed. But uh, we're out of time for part one of the main event. We are going to continue this uh, this uh, conversation more and after five minutes of commercials and traffic weather. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk about real estate or financing much on this show because it's just not as interesting as what's going on in this country. But if you need some real estate financing and you uh, need some help with that, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. So uh, me and my co-pilot, Scott McAfee, proprietors of Don Bikes in the studio, and we're talking about all the craziness that's happened this week. Uh, we've been talking about the debate and all the uh, all the mainstream media pushing the uh, the the sexual uh, the sexual tones of because that's that's apparently what this country cares about. It's not about it's not about our hey. Did anybody remember? We want to build the wall. We want to keep illegal aliens out. We want to uh, protect ourselves from ISIS. Do we forget that we have an economy that's struggling? Do we have a, you know, we've got $19 trillion in debt. Do we really care about guys talking like guys? Do we really, you know, is this what really that this, that this election's about? We've had multiple attacks in cities like, hey, San Bernardino, remember that one? It hasn't been a year, folks. Orlando, Boston, New York, Texas. Uh, is this going to be the new norm? We're just going to get attacked all the time. Is there going to be any response to that? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got three and a half weeks. Yep. Three and a half weeks till we have to make a decision. And we're talking about if Donald Trump tried to kiss somebody. Really? Come on. You know what? Do you guys want to talk about what I do when I get home with my wife? Or do you want, when you come into my office, do you want to find out about what's the best thing, the way to finance your house? You know what? When your guys walk into your bike shop looking for a, a mountain bike or a racing bike or mm-hmm. something, do you guys talk about you and Maria? No. No. Well, I guess that's not important. No. Why are we talking about it for the president of the United States? But since we're... That, did you know, by the way, I'm, I, this was a small detail during the debate, but did you notice when that fly landed on Hillary Clinton's forehead? 
Did you notice that? No. It was just for like two seconds. At first, I thought it was on my TV screen because this fly, it like landed right in Hillary's forehead and it made her cross her eyes for just like a couple seconds. And I thought, is that on my screen? And I thought, no, that's actually a real fly that just landed on her head. And I've always thought, you know, flies know, I can't use the word on the air, poop when they see it. But anyways, Ed, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to digress. Yeah, they, they're attracted to something. Yes. So uh, you've heard that since the debate, since the debate, some new accusations have come out about Trump. There's People magazine writer who says Trump tried to force a French kiss on her when she was at the house to interview him and Melania. I don't know. Uh, you come over to visit some billionaire who's married to a pretty, uh, pretty good-looking, sexy lady, and while you're in our house with my wife there, I'm going to try and force a French kiss on you. Uh, sure, that could have happened. And a woman who said he groped her on an airplane in the 70s, and this is the one that really... The, the, airplane lady her story is that she uh, was flying coach she got upgraded because there was an empty seat she got upgraded they put her into first class on a public airplane and she sat down next to this guy this blonde-haired dude that 30 years ago that introduced himself as donald trump and then he's hands all over he's like he was like an octopus he had six hands which you know octopi have uh eight hands but I don't well, they think don't they're have, hands. They had ten, they like eight tentacles. tentacles. But you know, he had six hands, and you know, it didn't bother me when he was up on the top of them, and then he put his hand up my dress. Wait a minute. This all happened on a public airplane, and you didn't say anything about it till three weeks before an election, 30 years later? Yeah, right. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I mean, let alone what other people would think when they're watching all this going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, and, Come on. and nobody said anything all these years. Mm. I just I just don't buy that because that kind of reputation would get around and Trump's done too much business with too many people for me to buy that because it, the word gets around so fast. Right. Because even before Trump entered, entered the political arena, you got to know as a high profile business person, you can't do this kind of garbage. You just can't. Uh, no. And uh, I'm wondering why they didn't say something sooner uh, if these stories were true. And according to Trump, they're not true. But here's the bottom line on all this is Trump summarized at the debate. None of this should matter right now. Here's what should matter. You know, when we have a world where you have ISIS chopping off heads, where you have, and frankly, drowning people in steel cages, where you have wars and, and horrible, horrible sights all over, where you have so many bad things happening, this is like medieval times. And, uh, you know, it's funny that this is a double-edged sword, and here's something. There's a thing called Project Veritas unearthed from Hillary's campaign. That's James O'Keefe. Yeah, James O'Keefe. He's, uh, he's the guy that did the undercover and got... Acorn defunded, right. which was a uh, a a quote unquote nonprofit community organization, community organizer organization, kind of related to uh, Obama, that would help people uh, falsify their documents so that they could buy houses and get some of these loans that help people that really aren't capable of owning a house and making payments, help them get into get into a loan. And he, you know, they taught them how to cheat on their taxes. And it was basically a billion dollar government sinkhole that was in cahoots with the, with the left. I mean, that's what it was. Exactly. And uh, you know what? I, I was being in the mortgage business. I was aware of them. And I'm going, why are they doing this? But there was so much subprime and all this weird stuff going on. Why are we trying to get these people that they're, their credit reports come in worse than on life support. Their credit <laughs> reports are just, you know, they look like Swiss cheese. You know, your credit scores in the 400. Sure. We just got to bump your score up to 501 and we can get you in. But here's, here's a little, uh, here's a little uh, piece of, uh, of audio 
from some people at the Clinton campaign. They're not going to fire me. They're not going to fire me. I would have to, like, grab Emma's ass twice. I think that the, the, the bar of, like, acceptable conduct in this campaign is pretty, pretty low. As a, in order for me to be fired, I'd probably have to grab Emma's ass, like, twice. So what you just saw was a Hillary Clinton staffer saying all bets are off at his locker room campaign office. In order for me to be fired, I'd probably have to grab Emma's ass like twice. Yeah, it's uh, I'm, it's funny how nobody thinks this is a problem. Right. Well, again, it's all it, as long as it's going against Trump, it's OK. All right. So as usual and as usual, one of the debate moderators at this debate was much easier on Hillary than Trump. In this case, it was ABC's Martha Raddatz, who I thought was a real, uh, I don't know, B-word. Mm. Uh, someone who actually had Barack Obama as a guest at her wedding. So there's no way she can be an objective journalist, but Anderson Cooper had his uh, bias moments, too. Here's a little montage of him. She campaigned where the Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, campaign. I want to get to audience questions and online questions. So she's allowed to do that, but I'm not allowed to respond. You're going to get sounds to respond fair. right now. That sounds fair. Hillary Clinton wants to allow and, and why did it morph excuse, into that? No, did you? No, answer the question. Why do you, you still believe? Her? You I do. Me all the time. Why don't you Would interrupt you her? I'd like to know, Anderson. Why aren't you bringing up the emails? I'd like to know why aren't you, you getting brought up the, the emails? Bottom? No, it hasn't. It hasn't, and it hasn't been finished at all. Kim Carpoet has a question. It's nice to one on three. You know, yeah. I, want to, I want to say one thing, too. You notice the thing that she was interrupting him on was regarding bringing hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees into this country, which I will tell you is a losing proposition for the Democrat Party. I've talked to plenty of people. Uh, some people are on the fence. But when I bring up that issue, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah, we, we forget about that. Remember, remember, uh, and we, I was talking with this uh, with uh, my trainer on this uh, this morning, as we're seeing on the on the television screen that Obama's contemplating his military uh, options in Syria. And you know, what's our, what's our play in Syria? And I say, you know what, it's, it's, uh, it's human rights. And it's, you know, if, if we're going to, if we're going to be the policemen of the world, if we're going to stand up for human rights, if we're going to stand by what we said, Hey, and uh, I believe it's our NATO agreement with mm -hmm. us and 11 or 19 or however many other countries, Hey, uh, you know, if if we're going to stand up for human rights and if uh, somebody attacks one of us, they attack all of us and we're going to stand up for if someone's killing their own people, we're going to stand up for the rights of human beings, uh, whether they're in our country or not. We're going to we're going to stand up for what's right. If we're not going to do that anymore, no problem. Let's have let's have a let's have a new uh, a new uh, position on on uh, foreign policy. Let's bring all our guys back and let's put a big wall around our country and nobody goes in and nobody comes out. I'm okay with that. If not, we're going to police the world and let's let's stand by something, but if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything and that's where Obama is and that's where Hillary Clinton is. We're not going to go in and fight and we're not going to do nothing and just keep people out. We're going to leave open borders. We're going to allow evil to take over the rest of the world, and we're going to leave our borders open. Well, and the problem is that those things impact us here. For example, ISIS being alive and well is recruiting people over here, influencing people over here, using our own social media against us. So we have to deal with them because if we don't deal with them there, we're going to deal. We are de we're dealing with them here right now. I mean, there's a lot of people dead in this country as a result of us not dealing with this issue. Uh, that's exactly right, and people need to wake up to that. Oh. Yeah, but Trump tried to kiss some girl. Mm. He tried to grope some girl on a plane and stick his hand up her dress. I don't think so. But that's all the talk that's going on there because if it bleeds, it leads. 
exactly. So uh, Trump had a few brilliant moments in the debate. All these accusation stories are overshadowing them. But let's play uh, let's play them one more time so you don't forget. Here's a moment that I think will go down in presidential debate history. You know, it is uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. I love that. I love Boom. That. And you know, no, let's not, let's hold our, hold our applause and our cheering until after the debate and the audience couldn't hold back. They definitely held their applause, didn't they, Ed? You know, remember, this is the only chance that we have to have some justice on someone who thinks she's above the laws to elect Trump and make Hillary stand up for what she's done. Well, it is funny because now that you played that clip, that was one of the lines that had my sister rolling on the couch, laughing her head off. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, my sister's in Pennsylvania mm. and, I, and my, my Democrat sister. Yes. And I just don't think she probably is finding any amusement in here because she doesn't have a sense of humor. Mm. Um, <laughs> she was born with that one. Um, another one of Trump's best strategies lately is, is keep milking Hillary's basket of deplorables comment, which forced her uh, to address it again. Within hours, I, I said that I was sorry about the way I, I um, talked about that because my argument is not with his supporters. It's with him and with the hateful and divisive campaign that he has run. We have a divided nation because people like her, and believe me, she has tremendous hate in her heart. And when she said deplorables, she meant it. And when she said irredeemable, they're irredeemable. You didn't mention that. But when she said they're irredeemable, to me, that might have been even worse. And let's not forget this one. All week long, Trump has been telling his audiences he would hire a special prosecutor to investigate Hillary. But all started with this epic announcement at the debate. If I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. We're going to get a special prosecutor and we're going to look into it because you know what? People have been, their lives have been destroyed for doing one fifth of what you've done. And it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I will say one thing, Ed, that the thought that went through my mind months ago that Trump was like a Democrat plant designed to get up there and lose, uh, I think that's pretty much out the window now. I don't think he's a plant for the Clinton campaign. Yeah, I, I would I would say not. <laughs> he's hitting hard. And I guess the question is, what other Republican candidate would have hit Hillary Clinton this hard? Um, I mean, we won't know, obviously. I, we obviously don't know. No. We obviously don't know. Right. I, I, you know, obviously Trump wasn't my first pick it wasn't mm-hmm. your first pick yep but again we don't know that any of the you know we, we go up against a creature a, a political machine creature we don't know anyone you know it's scary it's it's just scary where our country's going um but hopefully we can uh help people understand it a little bit more yep you know the october surprise that wikileaks founder julian assange has been teasing about for months is finally here thousands of clinton campaign emails obtained by wikileaks from unnamed source uh let's go over a few things but you know what the problem is is that these things are written and people don't have the attention span to listen to what's written they want to hear they want to hear video and sound bites and all this stuff and it's 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 hard for this to get the traction when you've got Women going in front of a camera saying, Donald Trump tried to squeeze my butt. Well, yeah, and, and obviously, and you've noticed that every round of these accusations is timed with a WikiLeaks release. 
So it's kind of like every time the WikiLeaks release comes out, there's another gal that they throw out there that was groped by Trump 15, 20 years ago or whatever. You know, have you noticed that? Ed? Yeah, I've noticed it. And, it, and right. the WikiLeaks stuff is starting to come out so fast that you can't hardly keep up with. There's so much of it. Right. And certainly what, what we have learned, though, is the, the absolute collusion between the Clinton campaign, for example, and obviously this one of the things we'll talk about is how they gave Hillary Clinton the debate questions when she was debating Bernie Sanders in the primary, gave her those questions up front. Do you think that's a bit of an advantage? I wonder if they're still doing that now, Ed. I want, you know, who knows? Who knows? Well, well, Chris Wallace is Chris Wallace is going to be the moderator on Wednesday night. Right. I have a feeling they wouldn't. But. Chris Wallace, as I understand it, is a res- registered Democrat. Mm, not good, Ed. I think he's. Let's uh, put Hannity in there instead. <laughs> I think I read somewhere, someplace that he he registered as a Democrat because the only way you could vote in a particular election, and you know, in the general election, it doesn't matter what you're registered, you can vote any way you want. But how you're registered is how you registered. Yep. So, uh, for, so first we learned Hillary's campaign was worried about her State Department email scandal, and I even heard this morning that. Uh, there's some stuff from the White House that say, hey, maybe we should delete this stuff between the president and her. So it hasn't fully developed at the time of our recording yet. So we'll, we'll hear that. But in one batch of the emails from summer of 2015, Hillary's campaign staff privately discussed whether she should joke about her State Department emails, whether they should shift some blame to former Secretary of State, how she should defend her, her use of the home-brewed ser- server. For example, in one email, her campaign press secretary, Brian Fallon, said... Uh, said we learned from Hillary got got her now infamous claim that there's no classified email. To email. <clears throat> Let me see if I can say this clearly. Brian Fallon said the there's no classified material. She got it from Fallon, who wrote to other staffers. Our position is that there's no such material exists. Well, you know what? She didn't just say it. That was their plan. Just say it. If you watch Hillary's America, it's part of the plan. Just deny it. Just deny it. Works for Democrats. Another example, we see how she wor- how worried staffers were. March 2015 email shows them debating whether Hillary should joke about her emails during a public appearance for a pro-abortion group. Advisor uh, Mandy Grunwald said no because we don't know what's in the emails, so we're nervous about this. It might get it might get a big laugh tonight, and we'd regret it when the content of the emails is disclosed. Right, they don't know what's in it. Uh, obviously, this is just. You know, it's 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 thousands of, of emails. It's thousands of things they're covering up, um, and we're we're finding we're finally starting to see what's in there now. So. Yeah, we're we're finding out that hey, these are the things that she says. Yep. When the when the when the uh, TV cameras aren't on, the microphones not on. This is the creature she really is. Not the she's. This is the the doctor. This is this is the Mister Hyde, not the Doctor Jekyll. She's a she's a two faced creature, and. Uh, you can't trust anything she said. Second, second we got to look at into the humorous bad beginnings of her campaign. In 2014 email, we're just kind of switching to put a little humor on here. Mm-hmm. In a 2004 email from Clinton friend Roy Spence, we see some hilariously bad slogans he proposed for her 2016 presidential campaign. Here's a clip from NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. In a 2014 email exchange, for example, a longtime Clinton friend and ad maker pitched possible slogans to sum up her candidacy and create excitement for her campaign. And this may surprise you, they were all terrible. Quote, neither change nor continuity, but the different way, the new way. She champions with clear vision and grit. We will build not the partisanship, but rather the ship of state flying the American dream flag. The ship of state flying the American dream flag? That sounds like a bad Japanese translation of a Lee Greenwood song. 
Uh, yeah, and that's an ad guy. I picture like a unicorn sailing the ship. It's a, it's a, it's a quick, catchy quote. It's like something from a children's book, Ed. The ship of state, <laughs> flying the American dream flag. Yeah, that's a, it's a good lullaby. It's a, that's one of those videotapes that you put on to put your kids to sleep. <laughs> So we find out, and then third, we found out that, as Scott just said, that the campaign was feeding questions to the debate moderators during the primary. On March 12, 2016, email features the now DNC chair, Donna Brazile, uh, suggesting questions to the campaign, and somehow a form of the same question was asked by Roland Martin the very next night at the debate. So Roland Martin is the debate moderator, so he's moderating the town hall, and we get a, a question that here here Donna Brazil suggested it like this 19 states of the district 19 states in the district of columbia have banned the death penalty 31 states including ohio still have the death penalty 31 plus 19 equals 50 okay good according to the national coalition to abolish the death penalty since 1973 156 people have been on death row and later set free since 1976 1,414 people have been executed in the U.S. That's 11% of Americans who were sentenced to die, but later exonerated and freed. Should Ohio and 30 other states join the current list and abolish the death penalty? Here's what he actually said. Since 1976, we've executed 1,414 people in this country. Since 1973, 156 who were convicted have been exonerated from the death row. This gentleman here is one of them. This is Ricky Jackson, wrong, wrongfully convicted of murder in 1975. He spent 39 years in prison. Yeah, then the audience member that Martin was introducing went on to tell his own story of wrongful conviction before asking Hillary if she was now in favor of abolishing the death penalty. And, the, and, the, and before you write this off as a coincidence, here's another part of the story. Politico obtained an email that Martin sent to CNN producers on the day of the debate, the email featured identical question as if someone from Hillary's campaign copied and pasted it to Brazil's email and said, so, so Hillary's campaign apparently drafted this question, sent it to the head of the DNC. She sent it. So, Hey, I'm coming up with my own questions. Right, exactly. She can strip her own questions. By the way, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out that only 11% of the people sentenced to die have been executed. I'm kind of bummed out about that. I thought it was 11% of the people sentenced to die have been exonerated. Oh, okay. All right. So, hey, you know what? <laughs> uh, you know, I hate to... I hate to. Uh, well, you know what? Today we have DNA. Yes. You know, and the, the, the technology that has freed some of these people has been DNA. We have it now. Yep. Okay. There's a, there's the, the, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that used to get away with that we didn't have uh, cameras on everybody's phone and on every cop's body and uh, didn't have internet, didn't have all that stuff. So let's talk about what happened since 1976. Uh, probably not pertinent today. Finally, we learned from the emails Hillary campaign has no problem denigrating people of specific religions and races. And uh, I'll let you comment on this, but uh, in 2000, 2011, email discussion between Hillary's communications director, Jennifer Palmieri, and John Halpin, a senior fellow at American Center, the Center for American Progress that was founded by Clinton advisor John Podesta. I know it's getting confusing. Both Catholics and evangelicals were openly mocked. Speaking first of Catholicism, uh, Halpin said, It's an amazing bastardization of the faith. They must be attracted to the systematic thought and severely backwards gender relations and must be total unaware of the Christian democracy. Here's Fox's Sandra Smith reading Palmieri's email response. In a 2011 email exchange, campaign spokeswoman Jennifer Palmieri appearing to write, quote, 
Many other conservatives are Catholic because they think it is the most socially acceptable, politically conservative religion. Their rich friends wouldn't understand if they became evangelicals. And fortunately, Trump used, used these leaks to his advantage here on a rally on Thursday. The new emails also show members of the Clinton team viciously attacking Catholics and evangelicals. Did you see that? It's just the latest evidence of the hatred that the Clinton campaign has for everyday faithful Americans. If you're a person of faith, I think you're going to vote for Donald Trump. So the moral of the story on those on those last few is, you know, apparently the Hillary Clinton campaign, they're just there's just no character. There's no values. There's no, there's, you know what? If, I guess if, I guess if you're, if you're Satan, you don't have any respect for anybody's, anybody's uh, faith. You know, if you're a Catholic or an evangelical Christian um, and something that Donald Trump said offended you to the point where you're going to stay home, that then you stay home and don't vote and watch your religious liberty get flushed down the toilet. Uh, you know, Hey, did you hit your mic Oops. there, Ed? Yeah, I hit my mic. <laughs> um, so there's there's lots of reasons to vote for Donald Trump, but obviously this is one of them. Um, and there's so many bad things that have come down the pike of Hillary's elected president. The one case I do want to make for Trump as well is that even if you don't like Donald Trump, vote for him anyways. And here's one reason that I haven't heard expressed, and that's because when you vote for a president, you're voting for a team, including his vice presidential pick, Mike Pence, which everybody seems to really like, right? But it's not just them. It's Supreme Court nominations. It's lower court nominations. Um, it's everybody in his cabinet. It's people like Ben Carson, Newt Gingrich, Rudy Giuliani. You're voting for a team. And I would argue that this team probably has more influence in the direction of the country than even the president himself. You know absolutely, I mean? absolutely, and the and you know it, it's how the how the the Senate and the Congress are going to get in step with get in step with the ideas and and I I just it's it's I trust Trump is going to surround himself with smart guys with the right values. But what's worse is I, I know exactly what Hillary Clinton's going to do. Well, exactly. And then, by the way, if you're discouraged about the polls, just a little history reminder. Remember the Brexit vote? That's where uh, England decided to break away from the European Union. Uh, days before that vote was cast, uh, there were all the polls were shown it was going to fail, won by a 54 to 46 percent margin, and it won by four points, Ed, in the end. I know. Well, I'm just uh, saying. Let's, let's pray that this happens. I know a lot of people are... Uh, are saying they're going to vote for Trump, but they're not saying it out loud. Mm. They're just saying, hey, I'm voting for... I don't know where she's getting the polls, but let's hope the stupid people stay home. <sighs> let's pray for... Let's say some prayers for Trump to have golden words Wednesday night. Folks, we're out of time. Thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB Number 096199.